It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch every episode and subscribe to every episode over on YouTube. And be sure to check out the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, and all the other places where you get the podcast. Just make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single episode of Locked On. On Panthers, and be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council because every single Friday, like today, I sit there and answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions and cannot wait to get into this edition. As there's been plenty of questions asked for the last couple weeks, haven't had a mailbag since July 1st, 14 days, and now we have another one to participate in the future ones. Make sure to at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council over on Twitter, and I will answer your questions. Before I get to that, though, quick thing. Um, as far as the audio, audio quality, I haven't seen anyone complain about this, but I just kind of listen back. Restream is the streaming service I have to use to record the podcast for YouTube because I'm forced out to do this on YouTube. Our quality sometimes suffers. I'm literally looking at it right now, and it has a 10 out of 10 connection. I have my Ethernet can attached to my computer to get the best connection I can. But still, for some whatever reason, this week there's been some slight issues. I don't know if it's been awful. I know it's a little annoying when you hear kind of a little crack in the background. So now, at least for the podcast listeners, I have another recording on Adobe Audition if you have any idea what that is. So you can at least get the best quality. For folks on YouTube, I hope it sounds good. I'm doing the best I can. It's a garbage website that they've asked me to, to record the show on prior to being on YouTube, really being forced to do YouTube. Never had these issues, and quite frankly, I'm pretty pissed off that I have to even have these issues and have to apologize because they've made me use this awful website. I'm going to try and find alternatives, but right now, this is what we have. So I apologize out there, especially for the video people and any podcast people, for the crappy audio quality that Restream puts out there. Maybe it sounds good today. I don't know, but I'm super annoyed by this. But at least we're moving on for podcast people. Going to record a second one where we should have no issues because we never had issues until we had to start doing it on YouTube. And now all the connection nonsense, we have these issues. For Monday's show, I'm talking to Steven Ruiz. Already talked to him. So there's already going to be maybe a little bit of the cracking that we've heard in the back round. So you're going to have to deal with that on Monday. Please still listen. I thought it was a good interview. But again, just want to apologize because it's super annoying that we have these issues because, again, made to do the show on YouTube. And then we've grown on YouTube. I appreciate everyone who's watched the show and found the show on YouTube. It's just it's kind of ridiculous that the podcast is still our main audience. And yet I got to deal with this because they're forcing me to use this crappy website called Readstream. 
end of rant. Let's get into the weekly Friday mailbag questions this week. Starting off with Tanner, who had asked me a question originally, I think, about the quarterback position and situation here in Carolina. But as soon as Baker Mayfield was traded here, he had a new question. So now he asked me, what happens if Baker plays well? If he leads them to the playoffs this year, why wouldn't they extend him? That's a great question. If Baker plays to the level that I think he can play at and the way he played at the end of the 2020 season, it'd be really hard for the Panthers not to want to give Baker Mayfield an extension. But if you go back to Cleveland at that point in time, they did offer him the fifth-year option. Bikes, well, they picked it up, but they still did not have very – they didn't have um, contract talks as far as they didn't go very far extending Baker because they looked at him as, okay, he can get us to – the playoffs, you can even win a playoff game. But is this really someone we want to attach our franchise to? And for Carolina, it might be the same conversation. Like, okay, he got us further. We've made progress. Might save Matt Rule's job. There could still be questions of whether Baker is the guy who can hoist the Lombardi trophy here. And if Matt Rule is the coach that can get it done here in Charlotte as well. So I can see why they might not want to do it because it's going to cost more money. And they like having the idea of having a cost-controlled rookie in Matt Corral. Maybe they look at the 2023 class and they see that, all right, we have a better offensive line. We got good weapons around. The defense is good. We can bring in a rookie who has maybe more of an upside than Matt Corral and even Baker Mayfield. And we can roll with him and be ready to compete year one with that rookie, kind of like what New England did last season with Matt Jones. So that's why they might do that. But we'll see. Baker has to do it first before we even have the conversations, and it will put them in an interesting spot in 2023. Now, Eric, who asked, uh, what do you think the Panthers' acquisition of Baker Mayfield means for a potential trade for Gardner Minshew? I'm kidding, but you know someone out there is really thinking this. And I told Eric when he sent me this in, I hate him so much for asking me this question. But yeah, the Gardner Minshew thing, it never made a lot of sense at all, uh, or any sense to me. I get that he had like one good season in Jacksonville, but he's like the third string quarterback in Philadelphia. Why would you give up Dre, a cap? Why would you give up compensation for Gardner Minshew? So it's dead if there's anyone out there thinking, hey, let's still go out there and trade for Gardner Minshew. You have three quarterbacks on the roster. Well, four if you count PJ Walker, but you're going to have three on the roster's upcoming season. And I don't really get why you would add Gardner at this point in time. Um, Cole, he says, how does the Baker trade affect Matt Corral's timeline? And he said, P.S. Last week, my phone autocorrected to Cole, not it's a Coke, not Cole. Yeah, because last time we did this, I was like, why is this guy's name Coke? Um, yeah, Mackerel's timeline. And I said this on Thursday's show when kind of looking at the other aspect of him sitting out. He's going to miss a lot of reps this year, being the third-string quarterback. How much is he going to play in the preseason? This is an interesting situation that we put him, the Panthers have put him in, having to come in behind two veterans. Yes, he can get the mental reps, but the, the way to improve is by – actually getting physical reps and being able to work with the the ones or twos and to actually get game time. And I don't expect him to get game time. I never really expect him to get a lot of game time. But now it's going to be difficult for Matt Corral to be ready to go come potentially week one in 2023 because he's not going to get to play against with the first team with Baker Mayfield likely taking that. He's not going to be with the second team very often with Sam Darnold taking that. We uh, Well, maybe the Panthers might go in – try and you know they, they they'll still have Sam they've already seen enough of Sam they know Sam would be ready to go and maybe they give Matt Corral more of those reps uh in practice throughout the week with the number twos instead of having Sam Darnold in that situation I, I'm not quite sure you still want to keep Sam Darnold sharp just in case you need him uh but it will be interesting to see how that plays out there um with Matt Corral uh let's see another quick question before we take a break here 
Michael asks, which teams could sweep could swoop in for Panthers quarterback Sam Darnold if he's eventually released? Yeah, the Panthers can't release Sam Darnold. They can't do that. It, they, he's owed fully guaranteed $18.858 million. That is prohibitive. They, they can't get rid of him. It's the same reason why the Cleveland Browns couldn't trade Baker Mayfield or couldn't release Baker Mayfield. You're not going to sit there with $18 million of dead money. It makes absolutely no sense for them to do that. As far as trades, the reports have already come out that there are no teams currently interested in Sam Darnold. Um, that's not a shock at all to anyone, considering that Sam Darnold has been very bad for four years. Now, if there are injuries, maybe these teams will be desperate enough to want Sam Darnold to start instead of the guy that they have already signed up as their backup. I still find it hard to believe. Now, they wouldn't be paying the $18 million, and that might give the Panthers leverage in that situation if a team is, all right, we think we're contenders, and we think that we have a good enough infrastructure for Sam Darnold to come in here and have success. We saw what he did in the first three and a half weeks of last season. We think we can win with him. Okay, that will give Carolina leverage. Like, all right, you want Sam Darnold, you're going to have to pay a decent portion of his salary if you want to get this guy to help save your season. And I can't see how anyone could really see that. So I, I do sit here and think that Sam Darnold is going to be just dead weight on this roster for 18 weeks this upcoming season. And that's the Panthers' bed. They made it. They got a lie in it, and that's that's on them. All right, let's uh, take a quick break here on Lockdown Panthers, and I'll come back and answer more of your questions here on this edition of the weekly Friday Mailbag. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. That's right, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love and deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of chocolate brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen, they are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all very delicious. The best part about Built Bar Puffs is that they taste amazing and you can enjoy them guilt-free. Go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 at Built.com to get 15% off your first order. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get back into the weekly Friday mailbag here on the show. Brody looks at this as a last-ditch effort for Matt Rule to save his job. He talks about how the upcoming draft is the best quarterback draft compared to recent years, and grabbing another bridge quarterback for one year is just another Bridgewater situation. He says, don't get me wrong, I'm very excited to have Baker here to mentor and challenge Sam and Matt Corral, but I'm seeing us fall short to Tampa and miss the playoffs once again. No matter who was going to start this year, the Panthers are going to fall short to Tampa Bay. Maybe they got Deshaun Watson, but again, Deshaun's likely going to be suspended. So again, didn't matter who they brought in. They weren't going to win the division this year with Tampa still having Tom Brady. They can still be a playoff team, though. And I think that they will be a playoff team in a wild card position, seventh or sixth seed with Baker Mayfield, as long as he plays the way he played in the second half of the 2020 season. They've improved 
far too much on this roster this offseason to be entirely held back by the quarterback position. Sam Darnold would have held them back. I don't think Baker Mayfield will hold them back nearly in that way. I still think he has his limitations. We've seen him. But he has at least shown the propensity to play at an average or above average level as a starting quarterback in the NFL. I understand your concerns, Brody, and it certainly looks like another last-ditch effort for Matt Rule to save his job, and the fact that they're going to start their third quarterback in as many seasons of Matt Rule here shows the lack of a plan the Carolina Panthers have at the quarterback position long-term. I'm just going to roll with it and hope for the best with Baker Mayfield, and I've at least seen that Baker Mayfield is capable of leading a team to the playoffs, which Sam Darnold has not shown at all. Now going over to Colton, he says, JC, hope you enjoyed Hilton Head and golfing. You deserve an awesome vacation, sir. It was it was good, man. Uh, even though that Wednesday, right after I got off the course there, Oyster Reef had to go record the pod and had to go jump all over the place. I was on TV in Cleveland and Charlotte that evening, and then I had to do radio hits. Like, I've been all over Louisiana for whatever reason. I was on in Lafayette. I've been on in New Orleans twice. I was on in Baton Rouge. I went on in Tulsa. It's cool to be able to – for people to be like, hey, let's go talk Panthers. Let's get Julian Council on the show. So I appreciate that. Even I just talked to myself in third person, and you have every right to make fun of me and talk bad about me for doing that. But to answer your question, as we're going to get into it, he says, obviously Baker is going to have a chip on his shoulder, and he'll be seeing red. Obviously that anger is directed towards Cleveland, but if it's me, I'd be more upset that a guy that I got drafted over is now my competitor in the team we both played for, spent a second, fourth, and sixth on him, and gave him the fifth-year option. And for me, they only gave up a fifth-round pick. Am I crazy to think of a pissed-off Baker as is about to carry this team to 9-10 to 10 wins? Sorry for the link. Have a great day. No, I don't think you're crazy at all because I feel the exact same way. Like Baker Mayfield having a chip on his shoulder has always, maybe outside of one time, Losing to Clemson in the playoff has always worked out in his favor. He is the ultimate underdog. I get it's hard to look at him as an underdog, having been someone who won the Heisman, was the number one overall pick, but the, how he got to those situations was an underdog story. And I love that about Baker. And he has to have that mentality if he's going to have success here in Carolina and in the NFL. He has to have the freedom, like he said. He's got to feel free. And when in 2020 he had the success in Cleveland, it's because he, he felt the freedom, that he was confident in the offense, he was confident in himself, and confidence is such a massive thing with Baker. And if he has that confidence and that swagger and also that chip on his shoulder and feels slighted, that's the best thing the Carolina Panthers can have. And Scott Fitter says they're going to embrace that, the fiery competitor. And I have compared him in a way to Jake DeLome and how his competitive nature was a positive for the Carolina Panthers, and you can live even with his turnovers. And that's going to be the same case with Baker, who is going to give the ball away to a team a couple times. And you hope that he can cut down on it, but he's also going to elevate your team in terms of he can actually get the ball in the end zone, unlike Sam Darnold. And he can foster belief around him, unlike Sam Darnold. So I don't think you're crazy at all, Colton, to think that a ticked-off Baker is about to carry this team to 9-10 wins. That's my hope, at least. All right, going to go uh, now with Jake. He said, hey, Julian, awesome podcast. Thanks, Jake. He said, almost went to Elon in 2009, but instead ended up at JMU. That's too bad for you. Um, what kind of chance does Mackerel have to start year two if Baker wins the job this season, gets a new contract in Carolina, and Carolina will still look to the draft a quarterback in 2023 if they below if they finish below 500? Okay, so hold on. Let me go back. What kind of chance does Mackerel have to start year two if Baker wins the job, gets a new contract in Carolina, and will Carolina still look to draft a quarterback in 2023 if they finish below 500? Um, so you're saying the Panthers go eight and nine. Okay. 
Baker wins a job this season, gets a new contract. Okay, Baker wins a job this season, gets a new contract, then Matt Corral is not going to start next year. Because you're not extending Baker Mayfield then to have Matt Corral, your third-round pick, start over the former number one overall pick. Um, and then as far as like if they finish below 500, then why would they extend Baker unless they went to the playoffs and they felt like that was progress? Have a hard time seeing why they would draft a quarterback in that situation when you already have Matt Corral, who's a developmental guy, and then you bring back Baker. So if they bring back Baker, Corral's not going to start next year, and I don't see them drafting a quarterback in 2023. Um, that's just me. Now moving on to Rod, uh, who asks, is this a do-or-die season for both Sam and Baker? Winner of the quarterback battle could become the Panthers franchise quarterback for the next five-plus years. Loser could become a Blaine Gabbert-esque career backup, if not out of the league. Either way, Camp Confidential will be must-see content. It would have been better had it been uh, hard knocks. Now, the Panthers do have a history of uh, sponsoring their drama, like with Cam Newton and whether they wanted to keep him around back during the 2020 offseason. That was sponsored by Honeywell. I'm sure Honeywell can sign up again to sponsor the camp battle between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield this upcoming season. I don't think they're going to lean into it as much as HBO would have had they actually signed up to do hard knocks here for the Carolina Panthers. But, yeah, it's do or die. Sam Darnold. For whatever reason, he's got a reputation that's going to keep him in this league for probably the next 10 years. He can't play. It's as simple as that. He's not a starting quarterback. Now, he's proven in small bursts, short time, short bursts or whatever, he can actually come out here. He can help your team win enough games to kind of stay afloat. But he is not going to be someone over the course of a 17-game season that is going to get you anywhere other than in the top 10 in the draft. So he's not a franchise quarterback. But he has a calm demeanor. And he's going to be an easy guy to get along with. And he's been a really good teammate this offseason. He'll stick around. Baker Mayfield, don't see that being the case for him. Baker already was not valued this offseason because of his attitude and his nature and how he is. And if he flames out this year, I don't see him getting another chance in the NFL. It's In a way, it's like Cam Newton. Now, Cam's had the injuries. But Cam, the personality, people are just afraid of that personality. And Baker Mayfield, it already four years into his career, teams are already put off by his personality, at least the perception from the outside. And Baker came out there and said this week that they don't really know me. They don't sit there and they're not into meetings. They don't know my interactions day to day with my guys and my, my teammates and my coaches. But that's still a perception around Baker. And I have a hard time believing that if things don't work out for him this upcoming season, that he'll get another opportunity in the NFL to be a starting quarterback. Um, let's take a quick pause here. I'll come back and answer more of your questions on this edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this season of Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today. We use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for mock draft Monday on the locked on NFL draft podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, got a couple more here. Going to try and go a little rapid fire so I can answer everyone's question. Don't want to not answer questions after not getting to them last week as I was on vacation. We're doing our breakdown. Let's go to Kurt, who asks, uh, you've thrown out the possibility of Brady starting at left tackle over Icky due to not throwing Icky in the fire against Miles or Cam Jordan. Brady has started less than five games at left tackle in the NFL and never went up against a Miles-type player either. So how is he a better option at this point in his career than Icky? Doesn't it just make sense to uh, start Icky and Brady together and let them gel and we'll deal with the growing pains if Brady were to get destroyed by Miles slash Cam? That doesn't do anything for his confidence or long-term prognosis. So feel like might as well just throw them both in the fire and try to protect and, and try not to protect one despite the other. Yeah, okay, well, here's the thing. The coaching staff thinks that Icky needs to lose a little bit of weight, and they just feel like right now the best thing for them – and they, they don't know. They don't, we have a week and a half until they get down to Spartanburg. But from what Matt Rule said, and you guys can feel however you want to feel about Matt Rule and whether he can evaluate offensive linemen or not, but from what he said – is that they think that it, at least there could be a possibility that they go with Brady Christensen to start off the season because Icky Aquano has to cert- has to play at a certain level. If he's playing at like a B plus level or B level, they, that's not they don't think that's gonna be good enough. If they think Brady Christensen offers the best opportunity for them to win, and then you throw another veteran in there, or at least a veteran in there at left guard next to him, they like that more than having two very young players. And I've already brought this up that I do have some level of concern about Icky being there at left tackle, and then having Brady, who you mentioned, has only played, has played less than five games. Because those guys, he doesn't have a lot of experience in the NFL. And you, you're going to have an inexperienced, regardless, you're going to have an inexperienced left side of the offense line. I understand what you're saying, that allow those guys to gel, and I'm, I'm with you. Like, I want Icky to start, but if they think that the best thing for the team, at least week one, is not to throw him out there against Miles Garrett, it's going to be really hard to disagree, considering, like, Miles Garrett is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, and Nicky Aquano, as much as we rate him, is still someone who will be making his first career start and is coming from college. So I get your point. I don't necessarily disagree. I'm just trying to say to you, at least convey to you what they've already said is they're not quite sure, and they're going to try and do what's best for them, at least getting the first best five out there to start off the season. But eventually, Icky will be the long-term option to left tackle. doesn't mean that he has to start week one against Miles Garrett. All right, now going to Chris. He says, hey, Julian, hope all is well. Hope all is well for you as well, Chris. Uh, hypo, hypo, uh, hypothetical question for you. If Baker plays like 2020 Baker with a healthy CMC, a wide receiver core, including DJ and Higgins, and an O-line that has the potential to be solid, what's your predicted record this season and playoff chances? If he plays like he played in 2020, and the O-line is actually improved, and Christian McCaffrey is actually healthy, and the wide receivers outside of DJ step up, or behind, uh, other than DJ, like DJ's going to play well, but the other guys step up, I can see them getting to 9-10 wins. That's what I'm going to see. And I think that they'll be a playoff team. Like, I give them a 50% chance if all that happens that the Panthers are a playoff team because the defense is too good. Special teams will be improved, and that might be good enough to win you an extra game or two compared to what's happened the last couple of years when special teams has lost him a game or two. That's how I look at it. All right, got Eric now. Hey, Julian. Um, Eric, longtime listener. Thank you so much, Eric. Quick question. I don't know if you've answered this, but do you think Johnny Hecker – 
will give up the number six jersey or be petty about it. And, he, well, as we know, he did give up the number six. I think he actually bought it from P.J. Walker. And then now he's been able to cash out with Baker Mayfield or cash in with Baker Mayfield because Baker is like, I guess that was a number that's become sentimental to him because he's been able he got he got stuck with, well he got it when he got Texas Tech and then when he got to Oklahoma Bob Stoops just thought that was his number and then he's kind of carried on with it because it's been part of his journey so that your question was actually already answered so yeah Johnny Johnny Hecker did not be petty about it he got his money and good for Johnny and uh, Eric says he loves the show so thank you so much Eric and you take care as well um, Jacob uh, let's say Baker plays at a level on par with his 2020 season. What be the, what would be the things holding us back from being real contenders, if any? Well, we don't know if the run defense is going to be improved, and that also has to go with: Is Ioannidis going to look like he used to look like in the past in Washington? Is Derek Brown going to actually step up? And what does Gross Matos deliver? Like those are the last two, and Brown and Gross Matos. This is a year for them to finally be full time starters, at least for Gross Matos' standpoint, and to show why they were valued in the first and second round, respectively, by this organization back in 2020. Linebacker as well. Damien Wilson, I guess he's going to play. The legal issues, have no idea what's going on with that. Him and Corey Littleton, are they going to be able to come in and do enough to help Shaq at, my, at middle linebacker or at the linebacker spots? Same thing with Frankie Louvu, who's going to step in as a starter this year. Are the linebackers going to be good enough? The linebacker play has not been great. It hasn't been like when we had Luke Contiti the last couple of seasons. To hear Whitehead was not nearly up to snuff. Jermaine Carter Jr. we saw last year, same case. Not nearly as bad as Whitehead, but those two guys playing next to Shaq the last two seasons have not been good enough. Phil Snow thinks that they'll be better against the run, but they're not better. they're not good enough against the run. That will be a problem. Also, J.C. Horn was really good in a small sample size last year, but we need to see more of him. He's barely played in the league, and he's going to be the number one corner. We know Dante's not a number one, and Dante's had his struggles. He has not been healthy the last couple seasons. If Dante, again, is injured, can Keith Taylor step up? Can Chris Westry, if he makes a team, can he be someone that, that, that they can rely on? There's still those questions as far as that corner, health-wise and just um, competitive-wise. Offensive line, still only a, proje- a projection. And as I said to y'all, 13 out of 17 games, they had different starting offensive line combinations. You're not going to have success. If they have the same issue this year, while they have more talent, if Cam Irving and Pat Elfline and Michael Jordan or Dennis Daly, if those guys got to play multiple games as starters, especially together, the offensive line is going to stink again. So those are things that could go into holding them back as contenders. Now, it's injuries as always, but also there's just still questions of whether what we saw or we expect from these guys is actually going to happen. Like Zane Gonzalez is not – been a consistent kicker. He has one good year, bad year, good year, bad year, good year, bad year. Can he stop with the whole yo-yo stuff and be a consistent kicker? Because if he goes back to being a bad kicker, then there goes the kicking game being fixed. So those are things that could hold him back. Not saying that they will, but those are things that could potentially hold them back. Um, three more. Mike, are you not worried that if Corral sits all year and Roll has a bad season and gets fired, that the new staff will want to draft their guy in first, especially if Corral sits all year and there's no film on him, so all of his development talk could go out the window if a new staff comes in. Um, so essentially it's a waste of a couple of picks for someone that never saw the field. Corral should be second string and get those reps instead of third and not getting to hardly anything. I, I don't disagree with you. Hey, you got to keep Sam Darnold, who's likely going to be the backup. You got to keep him as sharp as you can in case you do need him. But in that process, you need to develop Matt Corral. Now, your concern is a valid one, and I've already thought about this. 
Like you bring in Matt Corral. The worst thing for these young quarterbacks is to have them constantly learning a new system. Like we bring in Ben McAdoo. We talk about how this could help Matt Corral and could help Sam Donald and now Baker Mayfield. Is he going to even be here next year? Is Matt Rule even going to be here? They've made a lot of great staff changes. Is this the same staff next year? So I've thought about that. And that's why I really haven't gotten that caught up in Matt Corral because if they get a new staff, if I'm a head coach and I look at the situation, because they have a new staff, that means Baker didn't work out. Sam and Baker are gone. Am I really going to put my fortunes on a third-round pick? Especially if next year is going to be a a deeper quarterback draft? Definitely not. I'm not going to do that. Now, Scott Fitterer will – be conducting these interviews and David Tepper will have his own role and maybe Scott Fitter is only going to want to bring in somebody who wants to work with Matt Corral but would you want to limit your options by having only saying that hey you can only come here if you want to work with this third round pick I don't think he would do that Scott seems smarter than that the only thing we should be concerned about is the Panthers finding their long-term option how they get there will not really matter in the end if they are able to find someone who can be the starter for the next 10-15 years Giving up and wasting all these picks in the moment is annoying and down the road could be annoying, but they're only late mid-round picks and not first and second rounders like they well, at least with Sam Darnold, then you can live with it. That's kind of how I see it. So I, I don't get too caught up in that. I have thought about that, and I will be on board. If they bring in a new head coach, I'm not looking at Matt Crowley be the starting quarterback. He'll draft their own guy, even though Scott Fitter will still be here. All right, two more. Alex. Uh, Donald has shown he can be a decent quarterback when he's playing in shorts with no pass rush. Do you have faith that Matt Rule and staff will pass this facade? Or, sorry, will see past this facade. Uh, could a decision be made based on preseason game performance? I think that's what's going to be made up um, when they have at least a decision between who's going to start week one, Baker or Sam. It's going to come down to who really can operate the offense, who can lead the team, and then how they play in the preseason and really how they play in um, joint practices against New England. That's what's going to dictate. Matt Rule already said, yeah, Sam has had some of his best practices. He looked really good. Looks different than he, what, he, what he looked like this time last year when he was talking about mandatory minicamp and OTAs. But he's got to prove it when the pads come on. So Matt Rule's already seeing past the facade of Sam Darnold in shorts and T-shirts. He needs to see what Sam Darnold looks like against the Patriots. He needs to see what Sam Darnold looks like against Buffalo and whoever else they play in the preseason before he's going to be like, yeah, that's our guy. He, I, as much as we question Matt Rule, it's very obvious he understands that, like, yeah, this is not it. This guy is going to get me fired, and really he's going to get himself fired. But and David Tepper has a large role to do with that, with them landing Sam Darnold. So I, I think he'll see past it. Final question coming from Cedric. He said, what's up, JC? What's going on, Cedric? Uh, I'm going to start by saying I'm excited to have Shake and Bake uh, what you think about what do you, what sorry what do you think will be Mayfield's numbers like yards touchdowns interceptions and I have to ask because I asked you about the running backs now I'm going to with you what do you think will be okay God I gotta read these okay what do you think about the best okay I have no idea what you're asking about, the, about linebackers um I don't know <laughs> I'm sorry I'm trying to read this like I was like uh you he asked about the running backs. And he's trying to. What do you think? What I think about the the line? Who the best linebackers are in Panthers history? Oh, okay. Now I get it. Sorry. He said, of course, Luke is number one. Yeah, Luke, John Beeson, Thomas Davis, Dan Morgan. We'll start. We'll, we'll just go with those as a top four. Um, as far as Mayfield's passing yards, he's already he's always thrown like over three thousand yards. He's always thrown like probably, probably going to throw for over thirty five hundred yards. I think he can get to like. 
30 touchdowns. I still think he'll have like 12, 13 interceptions. That's that's what I'll project for Baker Mayfield this upcoming season. Okay. Um, thanks again, guys, for checking in the show. Uh, again, audio level or quality. Hope it's better now with the podcast. And I hope it's been the same with the video. I don't know why this Restream website is such garbage, but it is. And I've asked and inquired about other situations or other platforms so that we can avoid this in the future. But hang in there. Appreciate everyone checking out the show. That's going to wrap up this edition of Locked on Panthers. Uh, again, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on YouTube. Check us out over on our podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other ones out there. Rate, review, and subscribe. And be sure to follow me on Twitter. At Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. Participate in next week's show. Um, enjoy your weekend. On Monday, I'm going to talk to Steven Ruiz from the Ringer to get his perspective as a Panther fan who covers the NFL nationally on the move for Baker Mayfield and what he thinks this team will be able to do in 2022. So check that out. But until then, stay safe, be whole, be happy. And as always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all on Monday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.